change careers, break into new industries, transition into new roles, reinvent yourself and make the dent you want. This is the Second Breaks Podcast. And now, here's your host and fellow Second Breaker, Lou Blazer. Hello, hello, my friend. We are in episode 10 of the Second Breaks podcast, and it is Monday, July 17th, 2017, as I record this episode. Um, there's just too, way, way too many sevens in today's date. Seven, 17, 2017. Anyway, in my Make Your Move course, which, by the way, it's a free course that you can sign up for when you go to secondbreaks.com forward slash free course, I talk about the five critical elements that you need to start your career move and career change plans. One of those elements is a powerful catalyst or a trigger point. Because you see, nobody wants to stagnate and most everybody will say that they're all for improving themselves and improving their situation. But the truth is not everybody is comfortable initiating change themselves. Generally speaking, people prefer things to be stable, comfortable, and consistent. This is why we need a powerful reason to intentionally create a level of disruption in our lives. Otherwise, if we don't have a strong catalyst or trigger point, chances are we're not going to make a change, no matter how unhappy we may be in our present situation or how much we've been thinking about or dreaming about the beautiful dream career. This is why I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest today, Alethea Fitzpatrick. Her story is a beautiful example of how a strong catalyst, in her case, motherhood, can give you the incentive to explore different possibilities, even things you may not have considered before, and see a path to a new career. Alethea is the founder of Photosanity, and in this episode, she talks about her journey from architect to photographer to business owner, how motherhood created the parameters within which she built and operates her business, and the importance of financial planning when making any kind of change. Here is my conversation with Alethea, and I'll catch you at the back end. Alethea, welcome to Second Breaks. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Lou. Thank you so much for having me. So do you mind so much? Maybe we could start uh, with your background, sort of before you started Photosanity, what you were doing before. Is that okay? Yes, absolutely. So I'm trained as an architect. I have a bachelor's degree in architecture. And I worked as an architect here in New York City for, I think, my cumulative experience is uh, close to 20 years at this point, uh, mostly working on corporate headquarters and interiors projects for um, for big companies, brand name companies. So, you know, I've worked with Time Warner, HBO, CNN, Nike, Sony, Miramax, Disney Publishing. Uh, I've been really lucky to work with some really great clients. Um, were you part of a, an architectural firm or were you employed by those companies directly? No, I worked for architecture firms. Gotcha. So I've worked from anything from I worked for small companies to um, to to I worked for the largest architecture company in the world as well. So small, small and large and in between. Yes. So were you always interested in photography during that time or was that something new that developed over time? So, you know, I've always been interested in photography. My father, um, actually a child psychiatrist, but was also very interested in photography from a young age. So I grew up 
uh, we had a dark room in our bathroom and my dad would go to camera club meetings. He participated in amateur photography contests and won awards. So it's always been something that's been in my life, but I never really considered it as a career opportunity. Um, you know, in architecture school, I took photography classes, um, you know, dark room, black and white dark room classes. Um, but it really, it really was, it was really more just a, um, personal hobby until I became a mom. So then at some point, you decided that you wanted to try out photography professionally. So can you talk a little bit about how, how, how that happened? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So it really, it really was all to do with becoming a mom. So I have two boys now, they are eight and five years old. So when I had my first son, Liam, eight years ago, um, I started to really get into you know f photographing him course, so for right? me yes <laughs> as many new moms do um but for me that it was really a process of um becoming a mom and becoming a photographer at the same time like i never had really identified myself as a photographer before that but i really enjoyed the process of um photographing my new baby and i also um didn't want to go back to architecture, um, you know, after my maternity leave was over. It was the middle of the recession, so it was also a really bad time to be an architect. And I really wanted to be able to stay home with my kids and do something that was a little bit more aligned with who I wanted to be mm. as a parent. You know, I had... Um, I made some assumptions, which I'll say, like, sort of a spoiler alert, didn't necessarily turn out to be correct, but I felt at that time that I wouldn't be able to have the career that I wanted as an architect and be the mom that I wanted to be. And so, um, you know, I chose motherhood and I started a photography business as a way to keep active creatively and professionally. To be honest, I was really looking for something that I could do that would give me the flexibility to be home with my baby. So did you return, you know, return to work after? Or did no, you just no, I... I met with my bosses and I said, you know, I, I would really like to, um, yeah, that, that I'd like to sort of extend my maternity leave, but it ended up being sort of an indefinite extension of my, of my maternity leave. And, um, yeah, I mean, family photography just seemed to be, um, you know, it, it never would have occurred to me to consider it before I had kids myself, but it came, it sort of quickly became an obvious, um, possibility something that I want to explore. So I dove into it. It wasn't full time and I was home with my kids. So it was really like naps and at night, um, at, at least to begin with. And then as I got more serious about it, um, you know, right around when Liam was approaching one years old, we got a babysitter to give me a few more hours. You know, at that time he was old enough that I felt like he would benefit from being with a babysitter and it, you know, it gave me a few more hours to work on my business during the day. But, um, yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't a full time business. It was really a part time business. Right, right. Um, I know that there was a part in your story where you put it up on the side for a bit, and then you returned to. Did you return to arc being an architect or? Yes. So, well, the first transition was I started out doing family photography, and then 
Um, but I was getting a lot of questions from clients and from family and friends about taking their own photos. And so I started teaching workshops on photography and, um, teaching parents how to take better photos of their kids themselves. And so that was really where photo sanity was born. So I transitioned from, I transitioned from a family photographer, from a family photography company to a photography coaching company. So I did online workshops and I coached, coached women one-on-one on, um, on their own photography and, but really on using photography, um, to find joy as a parent and capture those moments. So that was already a transition in my business. And then around four years ago, I did end up returning to work, uh, full time in architecture and I put photo sanity on the back burner. Um, and then I, uh, sort of left architecture for a second time about a year ago to uh, relaunch Photo Sanity. And um, I'm still not 100% full-time. I'm working about 30 hours a week, but it's more time. It's more full-time, <laughs> closer to full-time. It feels like full-time. It's more full-time than I ever was before. And now, you know, my kids are both in school now. I mean, they're not in school. It's the summer right now, but they're, you know, they're in camp, but they're, they're in now. It's a little bit of a different situation to when I had, you know, young babies at home. Right, right. Gotcha. Oh, my God. I have like three or four different paths that I wanted to take this conversation <laughs> with. So maybe we'll start with we'll start with the first your first initial instinct to start a business. And you're saying that you were looking for something to be able to stay at home with your kids, spend more time with your kids as they're growing up, but also be able to do something, make a living on, you know, what we for part of the time or how, however much time they will allow you <laughs> sure. to be in business, right? Mm -hmm. So so if we could go back to that sort of uh, time frame, did you, were you worried at all? Were there any sort of challenges or fears that you were facing? Because certainly starting a business is a, a big risk, right? And so, yes. but of course you have a very powerful catalyst or a reason for wanting to do so. But were, do you remember what sort of challenges or fears you may be facing during that time? Yeah. Certainly. Um, you know, uh, we had not planned that I would start a business. And so, um, you know, definitely there were financial concerns of, um, you know, instead of making a full-time income as an architect, I would now be making a business startup, <laughs> a startup business income, which is, which is not, you know, at least to begin with, um, isn't, isn't the same. So there were definitely, uh, financial concerns. And then I would say the other big concern was to do with, um, changing careers, you know, basically having to start over, you know, I'd worked very, I'd been very, very invested in my career as an architect, worked very hard, um, and had, uh, had a lot of professional success. And so it felt like I was giving up on everything that I had worked so hard to build. And so that was definitely a concern also. Mm -hmm. So sort of like the whole, the identity that's wrapped you know, around being an architect or being a professional architect, right? Yes, yes, for sure. Yes. And then and then feeling like I was starting over that all of my previous experience was sort of lost. That was definitely a concern. Which again, turned out, spoiler alert, turned out to be not entirely true. But that was definitely, <laughs> that was definitely a fear. Yes. Gotcha. So now I would imagine, and again, in your case, there is a very powerful and to a lot of people, it would sound very reasonable, right? You're a mom, you want to spend time with your kids. So you're looking to find a way to be with them, but at the same time, uh, do something for a living. Still, this idea of starting a business as opposed to returning 
to your corporate job. Did you find that other people around you, your circle of friends and family, um, were they mostly supportive or mostly, Alicia, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> like, what was the general sort of consensus? I would say that generally people were very supportive. Um, I think coupled with, you know, I, th I think it would have been um, much harder to explain if I hadn't just had a baby. I think it is um, a great sort of, I don't want to say excuse, but it's a, it's a, I, I see a lot also with the women that I work with. It's a catalyst for sort of rethinking and looking at what you're doing and what you want to uh, get out of your professional life. You know, the stakes are higher when you have a baby and you want to be sure that the time that you're spending away from your child is really something that you're passionate about and that you want to do. At least that's, a, that's, this is what I hear a lot from the w women that I do. So, um, so yeah, I would say, um, it was a surprise, but it makes sense. It wasn't that hard to explain to people. Um, so when you were talking a little bit about, you know, some, some of your major concerns or fears around that time, did, was anything, do you remember if anything was most helpful to you in addressing those? So I don't know if maybe was there a particular sort of person or advice or book or mentor or something that kind of helped you go through that, those so certainly when I was able to find other people, other, you know, as I was building my family photography business, as I was able to find and connect with other family photographers, um, and then other, you know, as I moved more into, um, the photo sanity and the coaching and the training, um, work, you know, connecting with other people who are entrepreneurs, people doing business online. So certainly I think finding communities of people who are doing some similar things to me. Um, I've worked with various different coaches who have really been, it, that's been a real game changer for me as well in terms of having support and understanding. Cause you know, I, I didn't know really that much about building a business, you know? Um, so those things were extremely helpful in terms of just getting up and running and not feel like I was making everything up myself. You know, I could learn about what other people had done that had been successful. Uh, did you have a lot of, I didn't know if your family uh, have, you have entrepreneur friends or entrep family members who have started businesses before that sort of could help you along with your journey? Not really, not really. So I, um, trying to think back, I, I pretty quickly online found mentors and coaches and people who would, who were doing it both in the photography community and then in the entrepreneurial world in general. So, um, and it's been actually a real gift to be, to have a whole new kind of network you know i still have all of my old you know friends and network and architect friends and um now i also have a whole access to a whole new community and network of people who have you know of entrepreneurs yes and photographers for sure yeah absolutely so now you've started photo sanity then at some point you decided i'm gonna put this on the side or in the back burner for a bit and you're gonna return to uh you know the architect life again would you mind sharing what happened uh why you decided to do that 
Um, so I think there were a couple of reasons. First of all, I had a second child, so the financial pressure was on. You know, I had two kids. Financial pressure was on, um, and things. You know, the recession was over. Things were really picking up in the um, architecture and construction industry. And you know, an opportunity came up. Um, I wasn't. You know, went to an interview. I wasn't really hundred percent sure that I was going to go back, but I was, it was a really interesting opportunity and I was sort of won over. Um, and so I decided, um, I would, I decided to go back and, and sort of give it, a, give it another go, so to speak. Um, during that time, do you, did you actually close, close photo sanity? Or no, was I always, I always kept photo sanity on the back burner. I, it was hard to, um, it was really on the back burner. So I kept everything, you know, I kept the website on open. I continued to blog, but I really did. I didn't. And I was finishing up with a few clients, but I really, what like my, you know, my, my full-time job and having two kids that was time <laughs> demanding enough to not also really be able to keep a business going on the side. So I pretty much um, closed it down without actually closing it. So I sort of left the door open, but it was, yeah, it was on the back burner. I was open to falling back in love with architecture, um, and, but I also didn't want to close the door on photo sanity. So I really want—I really tried to keep an open mind and to just be, you know, just to see what would happen. So did you fall in love again with <laughs> with being a, an architect again, full time, and and that life? So you know, I enjoy I I I enjoyed it. I got a lot out of it. But you know, I I as you might guess. <laughs> given that I'm no longer there, you know, I didn't, I, I couldn't let go of photo sanity and I, um, it was a great, exp I mean, I think it was an invaluable experience to go back. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself. I really enjoyed the projects that I worked on, but it just didn't feel like where I wanted to be long-term in the end. And it really felt like, uh, my heart was still, with photo sanity. And I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't know if that was going to be the case or not, but that's what turned out to happen. It was a good, uh, it was a good gut check, right? It was a good confirmation that you found your thing that you want to do. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that it really gave me a lot of clarity that I didn't necessarily have before, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I remember you said a few minutes ago that when you first start the first time, the first go around, you and your husband, you didn't really plan on you not returning to work. You didn't really plan on starting a business. So the second time around, I guess what what kind of, what was different this time, I guess? So absolutely, we learned from the first time around and we did plan. In fact, we worked with a financial planner. We took a look, you know, we took a good look at all of, you know, all of our financials and where we were at and formulated a an exit strategy so that I could quit and go back to my business. There yes. you go. Wow. So can you share, was it a two year? Uh, it was about time I would period. Say, or no, no, it was about a nine month time period, if I remember gotcha. correctly. Yes. Right, right. Yes. So do you think looking back, if um, would you would you have known enough to have been able to do this financial planning? Like if you were to do it over? Would you would you know enough to really do that exercise with a financial planner? I think that um, 
you know, we can't pay, go back and change for <laughs> change what we did. But I certainly, I would definitely like. I think for any, um, for anyone entering into parenthood, no matter mm-hmm. what your plans are, you know, I think. I have a lot of friends who thought they would want to go right back to work and ended up deciding that they wanted to stay home. I have friends who thought they would want to stay home and then they ended up wanting to go back to work. I know people who started businesses, made career changes. So I think you really don't know before you have a child what you how you well, you don't know what kind of child you're going to have. You don't know what kind of a parent you're going to be. You don't know what you are going to want to do but I think it's a good idea if possible going into parenthood to if you know to meet with a financial planner or to do financial planning and just take a look at where you're at and just to have a few different scenarios like what if you want to take six months instead of three months what if you want to take a year instead of three months what if you do want to start a business what if you want to make a career change just just to run some different scenarios you know what if your spouse wants to do any of those things and to just kind of know know where you stand and be prepared for a few different outcomes like I don't think I could have predicted that I wanted to start my own business before I had a kid to be honest but I did know I knew just from seeing friends go through it that maybe I'd want to stay home. Like, in fact, that was more, you know, you know, maybe I'd want to stay home or maybe I'd want to take longer maternity leave. So I think um, just knowing your numbers and knowing what your, you know, what some scenarios might look like before you go in, um, you know, ideally before you start to try and have a family. (laughs) Um, But you know, and also, I mean, it doesn't mean that you need to wait for the ideal financial situation before starting a job, but I think it's just good to know what your situation is. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the focus of Photosanity today as you're building this business? What is it about now? Yes, absolutely. So um, basically, you know, I've been doing over the past year a lot of thinking about what my personal mission is, what my mission is with photosanity. What I'm realizing more and more is that, you know, I like to say that photosanity looks like a photography company, but it's secretly a parenting company. Um, But but, but the other um, really exciting development is what I've also realized is that I'm really passionate about women's leadership and about supporting women. And so I'm currently just finishing up a coaching certification program with the Gaia Project for Women's Leadership. So in a couple months, I'll be a certified women's leadership coach. So I'm adding that into the mix. And um, this is really where I feel like everything is finally coming together because I can now see where all of my years working for architecture firms, um, working with corporate clients, um, I can see where that is all going to be able to come to bear. And for me, you know, photography is still at the heart of what I do, but, but, but it's a very different approach to how photography is traditionally taught as a visual art. I really teach photography as a, um, personal and personal development tool, self-awareness tool. It's a, it's, it's really a tool for, um, what I want to do with photosanity is to help women find joy and connection through photographing their kids and, um, to really support them in being able to basically increase their personal and professional impact and be the leader, you know, be the leader that they want to be without sacrificing themselves in the process and what I've you know what I've experienced for myself what I've seen with clients co-workers friends clients um, 
is that, um, you know, we're still at a place currently in this country where um, there are dominant sort of male-based leadership models still. And I'm really interested, you know, the Gaia Project works a lot on basically what they call new paradigm women's leadership. So how can we change the traditional models? You know, we still work in a society that's basically based on, you know, you know, the, from the industrial revolution, right? So we're still, we're still working with a lot of systems that are built around a male worker and a female stay at home caregiver. And most, most of us are not in that situation anymore. And yet we don't have new systems and support and structure for that allow both men and women to live more holistic lives. And I see that it, it has a negative impact, not just on women, but on men as well. And I think it's very, I think it's, I think, um, sort of that, you know, male as provider model is very harmful to men, to many mm-hmm. men as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, you know, for me, supporting women is kind of a win-win, you know, I have two boys, but for me, I think the, the way I can most provide value, um, is to make the world a, make making the world a better place for women will make the world a better place for my two boys also, and I and I do believe it will make the world a better place for all. So, um, you know, as a woman, I feel like I'm best sort of situated to help other help and support other women. Absolutely, um, and you know, as you were talking, it actually reminded me. I don't have kids. You know, I don't have kids by choice, uh, but I have friends who have kids, and you know, I have colleagues from work who had kids. And I have had conversations with them when, where they said to me that after they have kids, they felt as if their, um, their role changed. It's almost as if their needs became secondary or who they were became secondary to the needs of the kids, the needs of the family. And then, and whatever ambitions or aspirations they may have had before, it almost became, you know, secondary or irrelevant. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And it's such, it's like a real, um, it's a real kind of double whammy for women when they have kids, because on the one hand, it's this amazing, joyful, beautiful time, you know, with your, with your new, you know, with your baby and, you know, it's a big shift, but on the other hand, you know, you, it's a, it's a big hit on confidence and identity. You know, when you've been a successful, ambitious woman working professionally and you spend your days wiping noses and changing diapers, that's a real, that can be a real hit to your sense of self. And, um, you know, I've been talking a lot lately about, lately about, um, internalized patriarchy, but I see it in action so much that we beat ourselves up because of the messages that society has sent to us, um, basically of these unattainable standards of perfection about how we're supposed to, you know, have well-kept homes, be the perfect mom, take care of everyone else's needs, and, you know, also be successful professionally. Um, and still look put together. And still and look put like- together <laughs> and lose all the weight and, you know, do, you know, be able to make charming conversation at a dinner party. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just without any support. And, you know, women do so much work that is that is invisible and is devalued. And I'm really sick of it. And so I really am very committed to um, to changing that and to changing that, starting with myself and starting with the women that I can 
literally work with one-on-one to help and then sort of moving out from there. But um, I, I love that. I love that. And also your modeling, you know, you are providing uh, what I call models of possibilities. So you were a professional woman who were climbing that ladder and you have kids and you've decided that doesn't mean that I stop being a professional woman. I just have to figure out a different way of applying my skills and my talents and making an impact differently. Yes. And I talk to women. Yes. I talk to women about all this time. In fact, I was speaking with someone just this morning about it that, um, you know, traditional patriarchy basically uses metrics of time and money um, to, you know, to basically evaluate success. And as moms, we don't necessarily want to put in all of, you know, the hours that we used to before kids. And so a lot of women, myself included, grapple with like, how am I going to provide value if I'm not willing to work late? And I, you know, and what, when I went back to work in architecture, I kind of set myself that challenge. Like, I'm not going to work long hours. You know, that's not sustainable, acceptable for me anymore. But that doesn't mean that I still, that doesn't mean I don't have value that I can provide. So how can I provide value in ways other than putting in long hours? And there are many, you know, putting in long hours actually doesn't necessarily provide value. People who work long hours are not necessarily doing their best work. They're burnt out. They're tired. They're stressed out. They're not necessarily making the best decisions. And it's not actually necessarily profitable for a company either. Exactly. So I imagine when you put that constraint that you said, I'm not doing that anymore because I have kids. So I don't want to, you know, imagine more creative ways of being effective bubbled up right absolutely (laughs) so I was forced to be creative and I was forced to figure out how can I really be effective and I can honestly say that I was better at my job after having kids than I was before and you see that and you hear that from employees now that's not to say that someone with with kids is inherently better at their job than someone without but for me and I see this with a lot of women it's sort of uh um you're you're forced to really up your game and be really effective with the hours that you do have to work. And employees, you know, employees are starting to see that and recognize that. You know, you've ha- we have business leaders who've gone on record saying that they'll hire a mom any day to, you know, because they know that they'll get stuff done and get it done really fast because they, you know, they don't want to spend all the hours. So, um, so I, I so what I tell women is, um, you know, because they say like, you know, I used to put in, you know. I, I used to put in 150% and like, I can't do that anymore. I said, well, you can still put in 150%, but it's going to look different. Your 150% now is going to be different to the 150% before you have kids. And again, this doesn't just apply to people who have kids, you know, you know, women want to, um, have time to do pursue other needs, personal development, dating, having a relationship. Like it's not just about women who have kids. A lot write a book on the side. Um, and also a lot of women with or without kids are also caregivers for their parents as well. So there's all kinds of reasons why, and not just women, men as well. There are all kinds of reasons why, um, someone might want to spend less hours at work. I think it's starting to become, um, we know, you know, we know millennials are also looking for better work-life integration and balance as well. So I think, um, you know, I think there's a business case for it as well as a, you know, a human, a human case for it. And I'm, I'm excited about being able to work with women to bust some of those myths and, you know, create a different model for their lives. 
Brilliant. So one last thing, Alexia. Uh, so if you have any advice, one or two, to women who are maybe thinking of having a family or have just had a family and are wondering, what, how, you know, what am I going to do professionally now? I'm not sure if I want to go back to, to work or I don't even know if I want to start a business. Do I have anything to start a business with? What might you give them in terms of advice? So I think there's a few different things. I think, first of all, definitely question any assumptions or myths or limiting beliefs that you might have about what's possible. Certainly question the myth that you your career has to take a hit just because you had kids. I mean, I think there definitely is kind of a, you know, when you have a young baby, it, it definitely has an impact. Um, you know, it doesn't have to, but often that's what people choose. But I think overall, you know, my kids are, you know, my eight years in now, so I have an eight year old and a five year old. Um, I would say my career took a dip, but then got back on track and may probably exceeded the track that I would have been on had I not had kids. I think definitely question the assumption that your career is going to slow down permanently <laughs> because you have kids. And then I think, you know, um, do your research, talk to people, test things out, um, you know, find out, you know, be realistic, you know, find out what um, your options, you know, what options are realistic for what you want to do. Um, I think certainly um, have open communications with anyone who's directly involved with, you know, a possible change. So spouse, partner, you know, any, anyone who will be impacted so that you communicate clearly about what you're thinking and what the impact on them might be, you know, and get them involved in some of the planning. And then, um, you know, I think acknowledge the fears that you have, um, but don't necessarily let your actions be ruled by them. You know, sometimes fears are giving us information that we should listen to, and sometimes they're not. So, um, I, I know that sounds kind of like, well, maybe they, maybe you should act on your fears and maybe not. Um, doesn't sound that helpful, but I've actually found it incredible, incredibly helpful to, if I'm feeling afraid of something, to just be able to step back and be like, okay, what is this based on? What part of this is real? What part of it is my intuition telling me something? And what part of it is something that I, you know, I should just act any, like do it scared. I should be, you know, that I, sh that, you know, acknowledging that I'm afraid, but, but doing but it, do anyway. it anyway. But yeah. Do it anyway. Um, and it's not one or the other. It's not that you should always ignore your fears, but it's not that you should always let your fears rule your action. And that's been a big lesson for me in terms of, um, in terms of being able to move forward and do some of the things that I've been doing lately. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. I love that. Anyway, I am so happy that we got to spend a few minutes today. Um, Alicia, thank you so much for sharing your, your journey with me and my listeners and your story. Okay, thank you so much, Lou. Find out more about Alicia Fitzpatrick at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 10. That's one word, episode 10, where you'll find today's show notes as well as my key takeaway from this episode. I would love so much to hear from you. Let me know what you thought about today's topic. You can leave a comment at uh, secondbreaks.com episode 10 or send me an email at lou at secondbreaks.com. Next week, my guest is Tim DeBellis, who recently switched from a long career in management consulting into real estate. Tim and I cover the reasons behind his career transformation, the steps he took to prepare, and the importance of a strong support system when making a career change. 
That's a wrap for this week's episode. You can download other episodes and subscribe to the Second Breaks podcast in the iTunes store. If you enjoyed what you heard, I'd really appreciate your feedback because your rating and review go a long way in helping us reach as many people as possible, those who could benefit the most from this podcast. All you need to do is go to secondbreaks.com forward slash review to get the podcast in iTunes and leave your feedback there. Thank you so much. I will talk to you next week. Till then, keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans. This is the Second Breaks Podcast. Podcast. 